This is the Big Church Podcast. I just wonder what would shift in our lives if we walked in here and said, what we didn't say is God moved me and we asked God what moves him. I think so many times we come into church and we're expecting something. We're just ready for God to to take away the bad week or the bad day we've had. But I think if we shifted our mindset and said, God, I'm gonna come in here and I wanna do what you want me to do this morning. I wanna shift my mind thinking it's not about me because we're talking about serving this morning. It's not about me. It's about what I can do for you. I think a lot of things would change in our lives if, if we came in with an attitude to say, God, I, I don't, I'm leaving it all out there and I'm just coming in here to talk to you this morning. I want to know what moves you and what shifts you. And, and so if you need breakthrough in your life, I'm, I'm going to ask us this week to just change our way of thinking. We're not here to get served. We're here to serve the Creator. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can be seated. This morning, how's everybody doing this morning? We good? All right, all seven of you are great. Let's hear it. Are we doing good? How about the back row? You doing good? Oh, man, you all are not doing good. The back row doing good this morning? I'm going to have to do the wave here in just a minute because, hey, we've got a few going. This morning, we have the honor and privilege. Johnny, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and come on up. And we have the honor and privilege to introduce to you Mr. Johnny Fussell and his wife. Sherry. Sherry. I didn't forget. Oh. I was just, there was, a, there was that pause in there, you know. I did have, I did have to ask Pastor Man, I said, now, let me get this last name straight. Did we have, say last Fussell. name. Fussell. 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 He's fussing a lot is what he does. So, but this, we want to introduce you. I'm sorry. Am I in the wrong place? Yep. I'm having all kinds of trouble here this morning. We want to introduce to you uh, Pastor Johnny this morning. Uh, we decided, uh, actually a couple weeks ago, or we've been thinking and praying about this probably since the first of the year, that we needed to go deeper in, uh, basically into influence, and deeper into the leadership of our church, and uh, this is Amy's dad, Johnny, and so we were looking for someone who could take us, you know, help us go to the next level in our creating goals and doing admin stuff. I am not the great admin guy. I asked him to, about something a couple of days ago, and he already had about six points. He already sent me the email. I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. <laughs> something we've been talking about for uh, months, and he, had it, he kind of figured it out in a few days. But, um, you know, also when we come in, he's going to uh, have a long-term goals, five-year goals for the church and, and where we need to go because I think we're on, the, we're on the edge of where we need to go with God. We just need to go a little bit further. So we want to introduce to you this morning our executive pastor. He also cleans toilets. He, he paints floors. He clears out, cleans floors, paints floors. He clears out U-Hauls. I told him, we told him, you just might as well just bring your work clothes when you're going to come here because you never know what your duties are going to be. You know, um, in this season, I really felt like I was being spread thin because I was over the whole staff. And I had talked to Pastor Rich and I said, we really need some reinforcement. And I had met with every staff member in a one-on-one and created goals. But because of everything that I cover, I didn't have anybody to step in and follow up. And when we sat down for Johnny's interview, he was like, oh, I have 
I've done this at different organizations. And one of my favorite things that was on his um, resume was prayer warrior. Because unless God builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. And I'm just so excited because we're not just getting Johnny. We're getting Sherry, who is also a prayer warrior. And I know that they've got plans. And we're so excited about the next season with the Fussell. So thank you guys for getting behind the vision and wanting to step into this next place with us. We believe that the best is yet to come, right? Give it up for the Fussells. Thank you. All righty, already a lot of exciting news this morning, but who has enjoyed this sermon series going deeper so far? All right, uh, we started out, we'll talk about, just giving you a recap, we started out by talking about how we need to grow up in maturity to be uh, the servants God wants us to be, to go deeper, and uh, also we talked about going deeper into the Word and, and beginning to understand what God's Word means for our lives, and last week, did Ashley kill it or what? Don't miss it, she talked about, you know, our posture and worship and what we should do. But I, next week, I don't want you to miss what's gonna happen next week. Because if you ever had any questions about prayer, if you ever had any questions about you know certain types of prayer, we're gonna go a little bit deeper. We're gonna go deeper into prayer. And we're gonna have some special guests with us. Pastor Tim's gonna be with us next week. Yeah. Some of y'all remember him. He's, he's totally awesome. So he'll be uh, talking and speaking over people. But um, I also want to do this right now. I want to take anybody that's a servant leader in this church. Would you just stand with me, please? Servant leader. Awesome. Let's give it up for our servant leaders this morning. Listen, we could not do what we do on a Sunday without you. So this morning, we're going to talk just a little bit more about what it means to be a servant, what it means to go deeper in giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your talents, and, and how, you know, if you start serving, how that will take you to a deeper relationship with Jesus. The title of my message today is Made to Serve. That sounds like we're going to make you serve, doesn't it? No. It's made to serve. Jesus, in this story I'm about to tell you, was at the height of of his, I mean, he was at the popularity level times 10 right now. He was healing people. There were miracles taking place. There were crowds everywhere. Jesus was the man. And the disciples were all around him, and they were anxious about being recognized as one of the in crowd. Y'all ever want to be in one of the in crowd? They wanted to be recognized on the insiders. They wanted to be popular. They wanted to be noticed. They wanted to to have recognition. They wanted to be exclusive, and they wanted to be privileged because Jesus was this. But what he's trying to do here in Matthew 20, 20, he says this. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your kingdom. Mrs. Zebedee was one of two mothers. She, was probably, she may have been one of those mothers that said, Timmy is the best player on the team. He needs to be playing shortstop. Anybody ever coach in here and had one of those parents come up to you and said, my son is the best. He's, he'll, he'll, he's got to be the point guard. Oh, my gosh. Are y'all... Y'all never had those parents in coaching? Timmy couldn't even bounce, can't even bounce the ball. 
with his self. You want him to be the point guard. Or Sally needs to be singing on the worship team, or, or she needs to be the lead in the play. And have you ever heard Sally sing in the bedroom? She doesn't need to be on the worship team, that's for sure. But also, she could have been one of those proud mothers who were just wanting to see their, she's noticed that her sons were growing because they'd been following Jesus, and she was proud of their accomplishments. And listen, she may have been one of those good mothers that were just looking out for her kids' best interests. She might have been just a good mother who wanted her children to succeed. But Jesus answered and said in verse 22, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? That was a lot of bees. Then said to him, we are able. Then he said to them, yep, you shall indeed drink of this cup and be baptized with the baptism. And, but to sit on my right hand and my left, that is not mine to give, but it's my father's. And when the 10, listen to this part, and when the 10 heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. The other disciples heard what was going on with mommy, going on with the two boys, and they were probably saying, oh, it ain't nothing but a bunch of mama's boys. Look at those two little brown nosers up there. They're trying to get in on the in crowd, right? I said that in staff, and Taylor was like, what's a brown noser? I was like, I can tell. Older crowds know what I'm talking about. Or they could have been saying, that's just, oh, that's just the teacher's pets up there. They're trying to be, they're trying to gain something. Even this is, this is what it showed me. Even the disciples struggled with pride. They struggled with anger. They struggled with jealousy. Even though they were around God, they struggled. You know what? They were looking for the literal kingdom of God. And they wanted, their part, they wanted to be the big shots. They wanted to sit here on this throne and that throne. But what God's about to do, he's about to give them a rude awakening. Listen to verse 25. But Jesus said to them, and he said, You know that the rulers of Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. When we're thinking about the word authority, authority means power. We witnessed in our culture, in our life, the abuse of authority. We've seen dictators come to life. We've seen uh, uh, leaders. We've seen officials abuse authority. We've seen a culture of lack of respect and authority out there. Right now, parents, uh, we see it a lot of times in kids growing up right now these days because there's just no authority in the home today. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. My mom used to remind me that all the time. If you want to live to see eight, you better shut up right now. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Honor your father and your mother. You speak when you are spoken to. And you know what? You never disrespected anyone who was older than you. You said, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and you, you made eye contact with them. It's kind of, a, not, kind of not the way it is today right now. But also, pastors, we have to honor who the pastors, and I remember doing refuge for all those years and they called they called me rich and richie rich and uh mindy and whatever they called us whatever and i really didn't care until we started big church and someone said there has to be a culture of honor in the church and me it didn't bother me but as 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 i went on i understood what calling me pastor rich or calling her pastor mindy meant it meant a culture of honor was set but the kingdom listen to me the kingdom of having authority is servanthood. Totally different from, from what we know in the culture today. It's looking for opportunities to meet someone else's needs. 
We live in an upside-down kingdom. If you've given your life to Jesus, I want to tell you, it doesn't look like what culture looks like. God's kingdom goes against the normals of society right now. The values of the kingdom are opposite values of the world. Let me just prove it to you. It says the first is going to be last. It says the meek shall inherit the earth. And it also says you've got to die to live. That doesn't make any sense at all, right? It's kind of an upside-down way of thinking. But in verse 26, he says this, Yet it shall not be among you, he's talking to the disciples and also Christians, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Jesus didn't criticize them. He didn't crush them. He didn't rebuke them for wanting to be great. Because let me just tell you something. God wants greatness for you. He wants the best for you. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Therefore, not of evil, but a good future. God wants the best for you. It says, all things work together for the good. <clears throat> Excuse me. All things work together for the good to those that are called for Jesus. Sorry, I misquoted that so bad. But listen to me. Jesus is about to do something. He wants us to be great. But he's about to redefine what greatness looks like. He says, but among you, it's going to be different. The life of the believer will be noticeably different. There is a cost to serving Jesus. There's a cost involved to following him. And sometimes we want the position, but we don't, and we don't want the hardships or the responsibilities that go along with the position. We want to be called a servant, but yet we don't want to go to the places where he's went. Look at verse 28. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but also to serve and give his life a ransom for many. The Bible says you were bought with a price. It cost Jesus everything. It, we don't want to give of ourselves too much, but God gave everything for us. He didn't look around heaven and look for some half this or half that. He said, I'm going to give my very best sacrifice. David said, I will not offer sacrifice that costs me nothing. Let me just tell you what. If it doesn't cost you something, you will not value it. My college education. I got it free. Really, I did. I got my transcripts a few months ago. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world did you do for six and a half years? With no degree. I won't go into it. That's another sermon I'm, I need repentance for right now again. But if it don't cost you something, you're not going to value it. This relationship that you're going with Jesus, it may cost you your time. It may cost you some relationships. It may cost you your plans. It may cost you your finances. But look, listen, the ultimate leader was Jesus. It cost Jesus everything. Servanthood is what, who Jesus was. His character was love. It was grace. He was strong. He was a savage. Y'all know about the savage Jesus. My, wife, my honey loves that savage Jesus. He was a savage, but yet he was compassionate. But most of all, what I love about Jesus is he led by example. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you. He's telling you to think like Jesus which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, listen, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. You cannot ever lead where you've never been. 
You can't take somewhere, someone on a journey that you've never been on. Jesus led by example. He came down. He will never ask you to go somewhere that he's never been. He'll never ask you to do something that he's never done. I think that's what God's looking for us. He's looking for us to be experienced and to lead by example. Let's go deeper. Number one, serving is essential. The term essential worker has entered the workforce, right? We've heard it through COVID. There are essential workers that had to be on the front line. And let me just tell you, those watching and out here, thank you for your essential workers. We appreciate you guys being on the front lines and doing the job when a lot of us were at home. We thank you guys for that, really. Crucial, essential means crucial and necessary. Here Jesus is about to tell what the mission is and how we're supposed to carry it out. Matthew 28, 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. When you said yes to Jesus, you were called into ministry. Did you know that? When you said yes, when you came down and gave your heart to the Lord or wherever you did, you said yes to Jesus and you were going to be a minister. Ministry usually, you know, usually refers to servanthood or service given in love. But let me tell you what, a lot of times they think ministry is holding a microphone. They think ministry is holding the door or, or visiting someone in a hospital. But we as Christians are essential workers. We've been called into ministry. We've been called to serve. But ministry is not just church related. We could minister to people out there with what? A smile? See, we, we, we take that too literally sometimes. We think it's, it's because do I have to be ordained? or I have to, No, you just got to know how to be nice. You got to know how to be kind. You got to know how to smile at someone. You got to know how to be there for someone. And you don't have to be in church to do that. You need to be doing it out there more than in here. You know, only 20% of most churches have people who serve. You saw the people who stood up in here. I think that should be a a little bit higher, don't you? If you've been coming here, you're going through culture, I really... uh, I really would love for you to go through culture, get to know who we are and what we're doing here. But, you know, get involved. We got a lot of areas that need people right now. I'm just going to let you know, we production up there, they're, they're kind of thin right now. We need some people. And listen, I, this is a plug for them. Thank you. Uh, don't, don't let the computers intimidate you up there. You can do that. And my best Billy Madison, you could do that. So they need all the help they can get right now. So go through culture and get and uh, serve. Also, number two, serving is not about us. When you start thinking about the word serve or servant, what do you do? You shut down, right? Serve. Me? Servant? I ain't going to be no servant, not me. Because you know why? We live in a very entitled culture. Entitlement means the belief in someone is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Kids feel entitled this time. Oh, I could talk two hours on that one. They feel so entitled, they think the world just revolves around them. And a lot of times we as parents, we just, we give in to that. We got people who think that someone always owes them something. We've got to get to a place where we're not thinking what we're owed all the time. We're thinking what we can do for other people. 
We want the title without the work. We want the position without the authority. We want to start a job and two weeks later be the manager. I ought to be running this joint. What experience do you have? Well, I've been, that's two weeks ago. I started here. You know, can I be the boss now? But that's the kind of culture that we live in right now. We think we got to get to the top by any means possible. And sometimes we have to work our way to the top. Don't serve just to get something in return either. If you're just serving to get a position or a title, let me tell you what, they're not stepping stones to get to the place where you need to be. Because you know why? Philippians 2, 3 says this, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness in mind and let each other esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but the interests for, uh, for others. Listen to me. People will remember you how you treated them before they'll ever remember your title. You can have a title and treat people bad, but I'm going to tell you something. They're going to remember that. You got to let pride and you got to let ego go. If you're too big to serve, if you're too big to serve, that was good. The name on the front of the jersey is She is good. I'm telling you what. Here, sit a little, move up a little closer here. Come on. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. This is Team Jesus. That's all that matters. If we're so worried about what's back here, then I'm going to tell you, a good basketball team cannot go by just one person. It takes a team to do that. You, before you can get to the top, you must serve the people who are higher than you. You might have to serve someone else's vision for a while before God ever gives you your assignment. Listen, I'm going to say that again. You might have to serve someone else's vision before God will ever give you where you're going. Just like the disciples, they had to spend three years learning under Jesus. They were rough. They had to learn everything. They had to watch what he did. Now we think about John and Shauna who are now, if you're watching, hey, who are now going to plant a church in Pace, Florida. But for five years, they sat under Bold City's uh, vision. They sat under there, and they didn't complain. They didn't bicker. They didn't do anything. They just did their job. Even when they gave their notice, they still did their job with excellence. I told somebody the other day when I was managing, if somebody get, usually if someone gave you two weeks notice, what do you do with them? You might as well let them go. Come on, think about it. That two weeks is going to be awful because you know they're leaving anyway. But that's not how they left. They got honored out. They got blessed out. They got money and financial weight out too. So I'm telling you this morning, experience and knowledge and understanding can only be gained by being a servant. If you, it will make you a better leader. Don't you think Moses didn't think about that 40 years in the wilderness? You know why it took 40 years? Because it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Moses. The way he was thinking, his thought patterns, to make him the leader that could go back in and, and, and lead the children of Israel out, he had to get Egypt out of him. David was in the pasture before he was in the palace. Yeah, I'm talking about David again. He's, my, he's one of my favorites. God did things for him in private that showed up in public. Hey, he wrote the Psalms out there when nobody was looking at him. He did a lot of things out there when nobody, he did things in secret that finally showed up in public. 
Title simply defines your position and your purpose in serving. The bigger the title, the more servanthood is required. The measurement of greatness is not in your position, it's not in your power, it's not in your prestige, it's in your service. Jesus changed the path from greatness, from power and independence to service and independence. Service and dependence. From pride and achievement to humility and charity. Listen, serving is number three. Putting people first. Servants are motivated by love to serve others. A servant leader, a good one servant, ask what we can do for them. Have you, you ever been around people that the whole conversation revolves around them? But a good servant listens. That was my second one. And always reinforces value in people. Listens to what they're going through instead of spouting off about everything they need. Oh, y'all got that friend you know. You're, you're thinking of them right now. A good servant leader accepts and is willing to accept people, the things that they can offer. And here's what I also like. They empathize. You don't know what somebody's going through sometimes. There's people that might treat you a certain way. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying you let people treat you a certain way. But you don't know what happened that morning. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know the diagnosis that they just got. You don't know the, 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 the kids are raising heck at home. You don't know all those things. So you have to be empathetic to what people are doing to be a good servant. Good servants are secure and they know who they are. Insecure servants will not allow, won't let others shine. They're afraid to let anybody else move up the corporate ladder. They're afraid to move anybody because you know why? Because they're insecure and they're afraid they're gonna do it better than me. I hire Johnny because Johnny is going to do things way better than me in certain areas. Hey, listen, good leaders put other people around that are stronger in areas because there are certain things that I don't, I don't do well and I don't like to do, and he fit the mold. When he was sitting across the table, I was like, check mark, good. Yes, honey, what do you think? She's like, yes, 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 let's do it. But a good leader possesses security that allows them to work with others and to empower other people. If you haven't noticed, we like to empower people to do things in this church. That's why I don't preach every Sunday. We're trying to raise up the next generation of leaders. But when you empower people, it gives them that sense of owning the, the vision. And you know what, too? You, we can't do this all on ourselves. It takes all of us together. And remember, when you do the things the right way, you attract what you are. You attract who you are. That could be good or bad. Servant leaders are also givers. Who will be the greatest servant? Giving servants. Service is an expression of the heart. When he went, when God told Samuel to go find the king, he went before Jesse's sons, and there was everybody lined up there, all the way from Eliab all the way down. Eliab was strong, and he was handsome, and he probably had hair. And hey. But Samuel said, surely that's the one. That's the guy right there. Look at him. He looks like a rock star. That's him. As he went down, God said, no, that's not him. He went to the next one. No, 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 until he got down to the bottom ones. And he says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. It's who they are on the inside. 
Our attitude matters. Don't serve with a bad heart. Don't serve with a bad attitude. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. I need to put that on my forehead. We need to put that on every, every crevice of our life right there because what do we do? We complain a lot. We dispute a lot. Don't serve, it. Don't serve if it's just something you do. If you're serving, you say, well, I'm just showing up to get my check mark and I'm going to church, check. I, I did pray, okay. I held the doors for people. Now it's time to go home. It's 12 o'clock. Serve with a good, glad heart. Servants with a great heart. Colossians 3.23. It says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people. What you do matters. And listen, this is not just, I want this to motivate us to be of greater service, not just here. This isn't just talking about church. I'm talking about out there. Because let me tell you something. If you're an entrepreneur, serve, serving might look like growing your business, not to have more money in your bank account. That's nice. But also it could be, be to provide wages for your, for your people. It could be growing your business to give more to the kingdom. We're, we're growing this thrift store over here because it's employing people in our church. Because we want to make an impact, not just in here, not just to raise our bank account. We want to get to where we can take it out there. You've got to think, change your way of thinking. If you're a manager, serving might look like allowing others with different skill sets than yours to empower them, as I already said. If you're an employee, listen to me. If you're going to your job, serve the heart of Jesus when you're there. So many people, you walk up and say, "How you? I'm here. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm okay. It's okay, listen to me, to have a bad day. It's not okay to have a bad every day. You want me to say that for the people in the back row? <laughs> you are the light that shines in a dark place. And when you don't let your light so shine, and you're the one depressed all the time, and you're the one carrying that in, let me tell you what, you're not serving Jesus in the right way. Sorry. If you're a stay-at-home mom, be the best one you can be. You know why? Because you're raising up. That's not, that's not a light task right there. I, I'm, I love Arla. I'm ready to give her back after a few hours. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's why grandparenting is great. You can borrow them for a little, then you can always give them back. But if you're a stay-at-home mom, serve the best you can because you're raising the next generation of leaders. God gave his best, give your best. How does serving take you deeper? One, it reduces pride. If you're serving someone else's vision or you're serving something else, someone else, serving just people in general, it reduces selfishness and pride. It makes you more compassionate to more people. You understand the heart of God for man. Listen, God, God could have struck me down many times. But what he's done now is he's made me more compassionate for people because I, I know how, how good God's been to me. And also it builds your faith. Your reward, listen, can I tell you, your reward for serving may not even come immediately. You may not even see it right now. 
But you have a hope and you have a future. You have an eternity to spend with Jesus Christ. So I say serve right now like it matters. If you all would stand with me, please. Jesus' main mission was to seek and to save that was lost. Going deeper in service starts with accepting Jesus as your Savior. And sometimes that sounds so easy, right? We, t- we say that almost every weekend, every Sunday. But servanthood is giving your heart over to him and saying, God, I'm here. Whatever you need from me, I'm going to be that for you. So if you're watching online or you're in this room today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, let's all bow our heads and, and just not look around for comfort. If you'd like to make that decision today, if you would, just lift up your hand. See that hand? If you're watching online and you need prayer, just put it in the comments below. If you would, fill out the uh, connect card in the seat back in front of you and take it to the welcome bar out there. We'd like to pray with you. We want you to grow deeper. Also, our, our prayer team is gonna be on the left and the right up here during this song. And if you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate. But also going deeper and being a servant is not just being there for ourselves, but being there for others. There's a story in the Bible when Jesus, he went in, they were having communion at the upper room and everybody was quiet And Jesus did something very spectacular, one of the greatest acts of servanthood ever. In those days, everyone walked everywhere and their feet were crusty and um, it it was the job of the lowliest servant to wash the feet. So they're getting ready to have this dinner and all of a sudden Jesus, he stoops down, he puts a towel over his leg grabs the basin of water, and he begins to wash their feet. They were stunned. They were quiet. They were like, "Uh uh-oh, what is going on here? And there's Peter, loudmouth Peter, one of my favorites. He says, you're not going to wash my feet. You're not washing my feet. That's just, that's too good for you, Jesus. And he said to him, he said, if I don't wash your feet, you you have nothing to do with me. Peter, in good response, said, wash all of me. Come on, every bit of me, feet, head, whatever. But as he did that, he showed that he wasn't afraid to go places. He wasn't afraid to do the thing, and he led by example. Can I just tell you this morning, this world needs to be washed. There's people out there, there's people in here that are hurting. There's people out there that need to hear Jesus. They don't need to hear the complaining. They don't need to hear uh, the, all of the bad stuff in our life. They need to hear that there is a life-giving message, and that's Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna ask you this week, I'm gonna ask you to step out of your, I'm gonna challenge you this week to step out and serve someone. Step out 
and be not selfish. Step out and tip somebody. Smile at someone. When somebody calls you and needs something, lay it to the side and go do it for them. Because I'm gonna tell you, I think the act of service that Jesus showed, not just in that, when he went to the cross for us, we didn't deserve it. Matter of fact, we, we did not deserve it. But he did it for us. He laid his life down for us. So as we get ready to sing this song, if you, want, if you need prayer, the prayer team's up here. If you wanna worship, as Ashley said, let's go deeper in worship. God's gonna take you to a new place if you allow him to. Let him move you this morning. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.